0: Welcome to today's Golf Week podcast. I'm Jim Hansen. Uh, I'm a member of the advisory board for Golf Week's uh, best top 100 uh, golf course ratings program. Uh, And this is my fifth podcast uh, this this season. Um, And I'm honored uh, to have as my guest on today's podcast, Lieutenant Colonel Dan Rooney whose life story connects to so many remarkable and meaningful contributions that it's going to be take a few minutes to introduce him properly to our audience. I'll begin simply by saying that Dan Rooney has been a United States Air Force fighter pilot, flying F-16s, is the founder of Folds of Honor, which we definitely want to talk about, a nonprofit foundation whose mission is to provide educational scholarships to the spouses and children of wounded or killed U.S. military service members. Uh, He's also been a PGA golf professional and a golf course developer, and so we have a lot to talk about with him. Uh, So, Colonel Rooney, thank you and welcome to the podcast.
1: Yeah, blessed to be with you. Thanks for having me on.
0: Uh, My pleasure. Now, I do want to tell uh, the audience more about Dan, he's such an extraordinary man, and and so we want to we need to know more. I'm not sure we'll have time to. Get, I want to focus a lot on his golf course work. Um, Dan was born in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Uh, Dan spo- spent most of his early life uh, there, near the campus of Oklahoma State University, with the exception of a year in Columbia, South Carolina, and another in South Bend, Indiana, uh, while his father was on sabbatical leave at the University of South Carolina and at Notre Dame. As a boy, Dan traveled extensively with his parents and his two sisters. Much of the travel was to Europe, where he spent two summers, including time in Scotland, where he was introduced to the game of golf. He played the old course at St. Andrews uh, and wandered the beaches of northeast Scotland. I mean, how marvelous did that have to be? Uh, he graduated from Stillwater High School. He earned a bachelor's in, in with a geography major from the University of Kansas. I don't know how he got away from Oklahoma State, but uh, then he attended graduate school where his advisor was, was Dr. David Cook, the renowned renowned sports psychologist. And Dan's emphasis in graduate school was in fact in sports psychology where he learned the art of visualization, volition, and positive thinking. And he may have to tell us uh, what some of those are. <laughs> in fact, I think I know some of it, but not certainly not all. Of it. it. sounds fascinating. At Kansas, Dan was on the golf team and played number one or number two player in his last three years. He helped lead the Jayhawks to back to back NCAA tournaments. And it was during his freshman year that he met his wife, J- his future wife, Jackie, who he later married and now have five daughters. Uh, I have one daughter. I can't imagine having five. Uh, what a blessing, especially as I get older. It would be great to have five of them but to take care of me. Uh, after leaving graduate school, Dan joined the United States Air Force and became an F-16 fighter pilot and subsequently uh, has served in the Air Force Reserves, flying the F-16 and the T-38. He served uh, with three deployments on active duty in Iraq, received many decorations while still in training, including two-time recipient of the, of the Top Gun Award and recipient of the Spirit of Tac Award as top graduate of F-16 training. And for his combat service, he received many decorations, including the Air Force Commendation Medal, Air Medal, Anti-Terrorism Medal, Combat Readiness Medal, and Air Expeditionary Medal. It was in 2007 that Dan, from humble beginnings above his garage, started the nonprofit Folds of Honor, which since that time has provided over 28,000 scholarships totaling over $140 million. And to begin talking more about his contributions as they involve golf, the event Folds of Honor created uh, an event called Patriot Golf Day, which has become the largest grassroots golf fundraiser in the country with proceeds totaling over $50 million. For his service and patriotism, Dan was presented the White House's Presidential Volunteer Service Award by President George W. Bush. He was honored at the Masters Tournament with the William Richardson Award for outstanding uh, service to golf. And he received the PGA of America's first ever Patriot Award. He was recognized as one of People Magazine's Hero of the Year and ABC World News tonight. He was named person of the persons of the year. Uh, Colonel Rooney is also a noted golf course developer. And that's, you know, there's lots of reason to be talking to him besides that, but clearly with the interest of our audience, uh, we want to talk to a lot, a lot about his golf, his golf work. He began with the founding of the Patriot Golf Club in Owasa, Oklahoma, where he is with us today, which opened on Memorial Day appropriately in 2000, uh, 2009, excuse me which is now ranked among the best modern courses in America. In 2019, he turned his attention uh, to the transformation of the Grand Haven Golf Club in Southwest Michigan, Michigan, turning it with the help of Jack Nicklaus into a new course called American Dunes. And it is one of the courses, a couple dozen of my fellow Golf Week Raiders and I will be playing next month. Uh, Like the Patriot course in Oklahoma, American Dunes is dedicated to the military and also commemorates the birthplace of Folds of Honor. Uh, He's the author of two books, A Patriot's Calling and Fly into the Wind, which was the last one was released just this last year. And so my first question for you, uh, (laughs) Colonel Rooney, is how in the world do you find time for Jackie and those five daughters, or are they also involved with Folds of Honor and building golf courses with you?
1: Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a family affair, um, for sure. But, uh, you know, Jackie and the five girls are, you know, my, my number one gift and priority in life. And, uh, I think everybody in my house though, is they're, they're all, they all go a million miles an hour. So not unlike me, everybody's got their own stuff, um, that they're passionate about. But, uh, I, I give myself a You know, a a B minus grade is say, could I be a better dad? Absolutely. A better husband. But uh, trying to get better at that every day. And I think like most people, you know, balancing uh, life's expectations with um, with, you know, the own stuff you got going on in your life. So we're, we're all in that same boat together. But uh, yeah, what a what a blessing! And thanks for that uh, <laughs> that great intro. I got tired just listening to it.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I'm a biographer, and you know, I've written Neil Armstrong's biography, and I've written Robert Trent Jones Sr.'s biography, and both of those books are over 700 pages. <laughs> so, so I I really delve deeply into my subjects. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, two of my favorite things: uh, space and golf. So yeah, well, I wanted be my first question
0: that. really takes you back to that. And what did you fall in love with first? Was it golf or flying, or was it the flight of the golf ball? What what, what turned no, you? I mean, what turned you to these things that fly through the air?
1: Yeah, I mean, as a, obviously as a young kid, you don't have an opportunity to fall in love with with flying. Um, I've always been enamored with machines. Right. Uh I was I was a strange little guy. I don't think I ever told this story, but when I was, you know, two and three years old, I'd walk, I'd get the vacuum cleaner every day and push that thing around. And I'd like pick it up on the way to breakfast and bring it to breakfast with me. And it was, it was the first machine I'd ever seen, but I love machines. And I don't care if they're fighter jets, they're, you know, um cars. I'm a car freak. Um uh I just I've just always loved machines, but You know, the natural evolution for me was I had two older sisters. I wanted to get out of the house. My dad was a really good (laughs) athlete and turned into a very good self-taught golfer, I mean, low single-digit golfer. And by the time, you know, I was, you know, five, six, seven, uh, for sure, the rule was, hey, I could be the, the plus one in his foursome, but I could never fall behind. And so I'd play the forward tees and I carried four clubs. I didn't have a bag. And I, you know, pound this little Tony Pena five wood it was cut off down the fairway and I would chase it and hit it again. And uh, so the love of golf was set in motion for me at a, you know, at a young age, courtesy of my dad, but also wanting to get away from my sisters and <laughs> not much else going on. Right. I was still Oklahoma, so there wasn't like there was a lot to do. And so the golf course was a, was a great alternative. And my dad is just, is just such a great human being and so positive. Everybody wanted to be around him anyway. And so it was a nice uh, opportunity for me to get to spend more time um, together doing that, which is still my favorite thing in life on the top of my list is play golf with dad.
0: How old were you when you when you made that first trip to St. Andrews and played the old course? And what do you remember about your first round on the old course? It's it's usually a pretty memorable experience for those of us who've done it.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, so I was um, 12, 11 or 12. um, And. And usually you, you're not allowed to play, right? But my dad was doing some work for the library at St. Andrews. Cause I think you gotta be like 16 or something to get on the golf course. Mm-hmm. It, it used to be, they probably gotten rid of that cause that's discriminating now by age, but back in, back in the day. And uh, for me, it was just, you know, the spirit of the place um, that just hits you like these rare, wonderful spots in the game of golf that it's one of those, if you know, you know, if you're, truly connected to the game that way and uh you know and i I like it it's not unlike you know a place like augusta which i've had the opportunity to play a few times it's like you feel like you're you know you're playing golf on in in the history channel because you've seen the shots hit and you know you've watched as a fan and and get to be like oh my gosh that's where this player hit that shot or this shot so there was certainly some of that. Um, but one memory that really struck me too was um, we were there on Sunday and a lot of people don't realize this, but they, the, the old course is closed uh, and it's turned into a park. So all the people that, you know, live there are out with their you know beach blankets and Frisbees and they're hanging out. And uh, I thought that was just fascinatingly cool um, as, as well. But uh, yeah. Do you remember
0: do you remember any particular shot that you hit? Because I can remember a few dozen that I hit my first first round in the old course. Does anyone stick yeah. out or in your memory?
1: Yeah, I remember you know going um, on eighteen, you know, hitting hitting the second shot up there, and you know, walking over the Swilken Bridge. I mean, that's one of those. It's like, oh man, the people that have walked over this bridge, and I just got to hit a shot and walk over the bridge. So probably that one. Do you have some photographs of your visit to the course? (laughs) Somewhere. Somewhere. (laughs) I don't know. I'm not, I have have no idea where those might be. Someplace. Well, I take pride
0: in asking you questions that maybe nobody else has asked you before. So when
1: you were wandering the
0: beaches of Northeast Scotland, did you stumble across some other of the Great Links courses? Do you remember seeing uh, or perhaps even playing some other courses besides the old course?
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, absolutely. And, and I've been over to been over to Ireland, too, to to play some of the great ones um, over there. Uh, and it's just, you know, and again, it, it, it just feels for those that have been blessed to be over there playing golf over there is such a, a spiritual walk. Um, and uh, and obviously it's you know, it's a it's a different game is, uh, is well. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've been really blessed to play, uh, play a lot of great ones, um, over there.
0: Did you, did
1: your impressions
0: of golf on the links of Scotland and what you would later play again in Scotland and in, in Ireland, did those experiences affect your ideas and your preferences when many years later you got involved in golf course develop or design and development?
1: Yeah, so I would say 100%, uh, that is a great question. And I am a huge, I, I love the ground game, right? Um, and, I mean, I look out the door here at the, at the Patriot and um, at American Dunes. We're going to talk about both these, I know. But I, I laugh at the Patriot, and I'm like, you'll hit some of the longest golf shots of your life, and not from a, not from a distance perspective, but, but for the time the ball is in motion. I mean, you can hit shots, and if you're playing the slopes out here, I mean, you can hit a shot that is lasts for 10, 12 seconds, right? I mean, that's an eternity in, in golf or, or longer, uh, but so fun. And Robert Trent Jones Jr. Um, really kind of made me aware of the nomenclature and you know how you talk about it and, and how you create it. But this ground game and not the target golf um, and giving people the opportunity to to use slopes to to shape the shots um, from a strategic perspective. So a hundred percent. And I, I don't think there's any anything more fun than playing fast golf courses. And, you know, Mr. Nicholas talked about I was with him two weeks ago at American Dunes. And he looked at, you know, he talked about American news. He's like, this place plays like a jackrabbit, right? <laughs> I mean, it is moving, and Good. it's on, and and you know, we have a wonderful irrigation system up there that costs half as much as the whole golf course, um, but it allows you to control the conditions uh, of the course, and that's why Jack was just so adamant that we had to get the irrigation right um, and not to keep it watered per se. Uh, that's the obvious thing that people would think, but to be able to um, manage the speed. And I, I use the term crispy on the edges, uh, mm-hmm. right? These, these great links courses that you go to the you know, Shinnecock or, you know, uh, Pinehurst number two took it to the extreme. And we had talked about that during the design of American news. You just want to do centerline irrigation and let everything else be what it is. I think that's a little extreme and, and, the average golfer doesn't understand going to Pinehurst number two and, you know, having horrible lies depending on the time of the year, just on the edge of the fairway, they look at it and be like, well, can they not afford to maintain this place? I paid 250 bucks to play it. They don't, they don't get that. We went totally old school core Crenshaw with the center line irrigation there. Uh, but the long winded answer. I love playing fast golf. I love flying fast jets, <laughs> driving fast cars. So, <laughs> Uh, yeah. it's, uh, it's all, I mean, so, think, the so
0: how directly involved were you in the actual design and construction of both Patriot golf club and American dunes? I mean, I can't imagine so, that you just let Jack and Bob mm-hmm. Jones and, and the bulldozer operators do all the work and that you weren't hand, you seem to me a pretty hands-on kind of person.
1: I would say two completely different experiences. Um, uh-huh. Robert Trent Jones, Jr., if Bobby was on this call, he would say that Noonan was my co-designer, and that's that is a complete overstatement. Um, I had input on uh, on a bunch of the holes. Um, he respected me because I was a good player, uh, and he would ask, and it was very inclusive. Um, and And I also, when when you come and play the Patriot, you know the big things I like in golf. I like a hole that's out in front of you. Meaning you know where you start, what you need to do, and it's it's all there, right? There's no secrets, there's no blind shots at all anywhere on on the Patriot, and uh, so we worked very closely together um, on uncovering um, the Patriot out here. When Jack Nicholas said yes to waive his three million dollar fee to build American Dunes. Um, And there are very few, I I would probably put Jack in a category of one of one of people that genuinely are intimidating. And uh, just the reverence, you know, knowing that the guy's won 18 professional majors and and two U.S. amateurs and everything else that he's done in the game of golf and for the world. Um, And when he said yes, I was very intentional just to be a fly on the wall right? Um, I have no business with my input or suggestions um, with, with his design and the fact that he's not doing many more signature designs. Um, and he designed every inch of American Dunes. I mean, every contour, I've uh, got all the hand drawings. Um, Barbara talked about the plans lived on the kitchen table She's like, I, I mean, I haven't seen this and his, you know, he typically will do two site visits for a signature design. Um, he was at American Dunes 10 times. Um, so I could, you know, I sensed just his passion and he would say, Hey, Colonel Dan, i just, I'm just want to build you a golf course. That's as good as the cause of folds of honor. And I, you know, took my cue, right. And just get out of the way and watch, um, and my built one, my one big input at American dunes is we flipped the nines and that was my idea. And, uh, he, uh, he, you know, thought about it for about two minutes and he was like, I totally agree. Um, let's flip the nines. And, uh, other than that, um, I didn't have input other than the fact that I just wanted more and more dune. And that's what, you know, drove the, the construction price up um of of the place and uh but he was on board and chris cochran which has been his lead designer for 36 years was his project manager and then um we had dozer doug who's been with him i think for 25. Um, john copeland from superior golf who's been with him for 30 years i mean this was the a team and I, it's like the you know what is it when uh um in the Olympics, the fab when the fab five, that was Michigan, um, the dream team in the Olympics. It was like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I had no business being on that court with these guys and they have, they've forgotten more about golf design than I'll ever know. Um, Besides the,
0: these, besides these clear differences in the Genesis of the course, because of the nature of the character of the architects and, and the relationships that developed out of those, uh, what would you say, what, how different is American Dunes from Patriot? Well, how, in what ways are the courses similar and in what c- cases or instances are the courses maybe quite different?
1: Well, the common thread is they're the, they're the best one, two punch, most patriotic golf courses in the world. We <laughs> so were going to rank them one and two, right? We
0: need to have uh, a new category here at Golf Week on patriotic courses. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's and that's why I wanted. I was like, I want to build the most patriotic, the best, most patriotic golf courses in the world, and I think that we have done that. <laughs> There's no bitch. So let me
0: let well. me follow up on that immediately. I mean, so is playing. I I, I detect. That I haven't played either one of them yet. I'll play. I'm going to play American Dunes next month. But is playing one of your courses a really truly unique experience? I mean, as a golfer, does the golfer sense the spirit? Of what is behind your golf courses when they play them? Are they are are they sensitive to the folds of honor background to all of this? So so playing you you have do you have a different feel playing that course those courses than you do playing any other course?
1: Uh, I I am biased, but I mean absolutely. That's and why I'm I mean, talking the, feedback, to you. the feed, Yeah, the feedback we get is is such, and uh, the term I love is reverence. Um, there's, there's a reverence at these two places to, to our God, to our country, uh, to our freedoms at, at both locations every day at one o'clock. So 1300, um, we play taps and the bell tower tolls 13 times for the 13 folds that bring the flag to that iconic triangle shape of freedom and the whole place shuts down, right? It is hats off, mowers shut down, everybody leaves the clubhouse and we reflect, um, for two minutes every day that freedom ain't free. There's a half a percent of this country that's got the uniform on that's willing to die for our freedoms on this day. And, uh, so that is, um, you know, common at both places, but the the layers of patriotism and the reverence, um, are thick, uh, at both places. You don't ever come here and be like, Oh, that was, that was, you know, that was just, just a golf experience. Mm-hmm. um, It, uh, and it, you know, it strikes a chord with people that believe in what we believe in, right? That's our God, our country, these families that fight for us. And, um, you know, to take it, you know, to the next level, you know, at American Dunes, um, there's scripture on every hole, right? One of Jack's majors is on every hole. There's a soldier who's been killed in action, um, who's honored on every hole, and there's scripture on every hole. Um, these are places that are, that are true to who we are. And I would tell you when you go play American dunes, um, the first five things that you tell your buddies about, um, are going to have nothing to do with the (laughs) epically good golf course that Jack designed. (laughs)
0: If if
1: someone is so lucky
0: as to make a hole in one on an on a on one of your two courses, mm-hmm. do they get any kind of special? Uh, I mean, do they get a frame flag with a mark? I mean, I, I think that'd be a great idea.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a I think it's a great idea. No, uh, we don't. They get to buy drinks in the coolest squadron <laughs> ball on earth, and you know, drink your beer out of an AIM nine missile, which has two hundred seventy <laughs> confirmed air to air kills uh, that's on the wall. Um, so, uh, but now we, uh, I think, you know, those are wonderful, wonderful ideas and there you it's go. an infant, right? We've been open for two weeks, so we'll take that one and put it in the rotation. Well, Maybe maybe but, I can
0: be the first one I've had one hole in one in my life about 10 years ago. I've been playing since I was eight years old. So I'm yeah. looking for my second one. Uh, I do yeah. want you to tell us more about folds of honor. And I mean, how, how did you, how did this all Come to life, and and i I mentioned in my introduction some of the great things it does and will continue to do for you know, for years to come. But tell us your inspiration for it, and you know, and also, I mean, I think probably some people listening to the podcast did not really know how what folds meant until what you just referred to in terms of the flag.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, for me, the to to fully understand the walk of, of folds, you got to go back to to me as a little guy playing golf. Um, I was twelve years old, and I met my uh, the first fighter pilot in my life, Steve Courtright Reno. And this dude, you know, walks right out of the movie The Right Stuff. So cool and um it was my first man crush. i remember telling my dad the next day i'm like hey dad i know what i want to do i want to be a golf pro and a fighter pilot wow <laughs> and so you know fast forward i go off and i play golf at the university of kansas and um played a bunch against tiger woods which is pretty fun um us amateurs ncaa championship so that was kind of my cool claim to fame in, in college and uh it was uh Steve, uh, Steve Russian, the old Sports Illustrated writer, he did a parody on Tiger and I a few years back. And uh, the last line was two college golfers aspire to greatness. One, one, uh, one turns professional on the PGA Tour and the other goes on tour and performs heroically. Uh, so. These, you know, this golf fighter pilot thing is so important as I get back from my second tour of duty in Iraq, and I end up on a commercial airline flight going to my day job as a PGA Club Pro in Grand Haven, Michigan, the home of American Dunes now. And uh, as we pull up to the gate, the captain comes over the, uh, the PA and announces that we're carrying the remains of Corporal Brock Buckland, who had been killed in Iraq, and his identical twin brother, Corporal Brad Buckland, had brought him the 7,000 miles home and captain asked everybody to stay in in their seats until his remains had are removed from the right cargo hold. And, you know, I've seen a a lot of death and destruction and in combat on my three tours um, over there, but I'd never seen this side of war. And I watched that family on the darkest night of their lives, including his four-year-old son as his dad's, you know, American flag draped coffin inched down from the cargo ramp. And as the ceremony finished itself up and despite the captain's request, you know, I stand up and see that more than half the people had gotten off the airplane. And that was really, um, what spurred me to action to do something that I was just so disappointed that, you know, this plane would abandon Brock and his family at this moment. And he'd given his life so they can go climb under that blanket of freedom. We all sleep under each and every night. And, uh, so, I started with a little golf tournament about a month later, um, July 19th of 2006. and we had like 60 players show up. We raised $8500 um, to help Brock's family. And uh, but that day I mean like changed me forever as I learned this beautiful irony that when you reach out to help someone that you're actually the one being helped, and, you know, a few months later, we started Folds of Honor above our garage. I mean, no money, um, no platform, no nothing, right? Uh, just a golf pro and a fighter pilot. And But we reached out um, shortly after starting it to uh, to Brian Whitcomb, who was the president of the PGA of America. And I'm like, hey, Brian, I, I've got an idea. Um, I want to start a thing called Patriot Golf Days. So we give golfers the opportunity to go tee it up couple days a year and we ask them to make a donation to uh to support um the families of our fallen and disabled with the gift of an educational scholarship and you know we're getting ready for memorial day weekend it's going to be our 15th patriot golf day as as you mentioned in the intro we've raised over 50 million dollars and just through patriot golf day but we're giving golfers this opportunity to take what is the most myopic game on earth right as golfers um and turn it into a day where you play for somebody else. And I think that's the the simplicity and the beauty and the genuine spirit as we've tapped into this benevolent heart of golfers uh and we ask them to stand alongside these families. So um Thirty thousand recipients, um, one hundred and forty-five million dollars out the door. Really proud that forty-one percent of our recipients are minorities, uh, which we didn't start talking about until this last year. As our country, you know, teeters um, on finding equality, which is absolutely we desperately need. And uh, another great reason to you know tee it up on Patriot Golf Days on Memorial Day at courses all across the country, and you know, pull out your iPhone and make a donation.
0: Tell us, tell the audience what they can do besides maybe playing on Patriot Day. What what can they do to participate in and support the Folds of Honor uh, Foundation?
1: Yeah, we and we've grown so many ways. Um, but, I mean, an easy way, we, we call it Join Our Squadron. It's $13 a month, and that number 13 ties back to the fact that there are 13 folds that bring that flag to its iconic shape of freedom, Um that's a great way, you know. Partners Budweiser uh, just came out with their summer program. They turned all the Budweiser red, white, and blue. They give us a dollar for every case sold in America. What an easy way to serve your country, right? Have a cold <laughs> Budweiser this summer, man. It's not getting better than that. So you can play golf, you can drink Budweiser. Uh, there are so many products and and companies now that you know are supporting us in the, you know in the game of golf, whether it's Titleist. Um, whether it is Volition America, which Puma makes for us that goes back to benefit folds of honor. My dear buddy, Gary Woodland won the U S open wearing this stuff that, you know, I get to design with the guys at Puma every year. Um, There's just so many ways um, to get involved, but at the end of the day, you know, we need to raise money Uh, and we'll send about 6,000 families to school this year. Uh, But we'll have several thousand qualified unfunded applications. So, Whatever it is you decide to do, um, there's no better way to say thank you to our free, thank you for your freedom, thank you to our military uh, than taking care of one of their families, and that's what we do at Folds of Honor.
0: You had a very special experience with the Ryder Cup a few years ago. Would you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, as a golf fan, I mean, it was crazy cool. Um, Corey Pavin took me as the um, with the team as the motivational speaker for for the Ryder Cup in Wales. So, you know, a few years back, time flies uh, and uh, got to, um, you know, got to give the the team speech to the Ryder Cup, um, which was incredible. It, It didn't work. We lost on the final day on the 17th, 17th hole in the last match um, but, um, stayed, you know, close with, with all those guys, um, on the team. They've all been fold supporters and, um, the opportunity to, you know, to be an honorary part of a Ryder Cup team and, you know, in the team room and all the stuff that goes on there as a golf fan is just the, about the coolest experiences I've ever had in, uh, in golf. And, you know, maybe someday we get to, uh, get to do that. And, do that one again but um just yeah um wildly blessed if you would have told that 12 year old golf kid in stillwater country club oh, i'd be hanging out with jack nicholas building a golf course and talking to Ryder cup teams and um you know my other boyhood hero was tom watson he was kind of the evil one i was giving the hard time as jack was to Arnie right? Uh, Tom was to um, to Jack, but, uh, you know, it was two weeks ago. I got to spend time with Tom Watson at a Folds event and Jack Nicholas. And uh, again, you just talk about these humbling moments that you know that, you know, God is doing extraordinary things in your life when you get to be hanging out with with two guys yeah. of, of that quality in inside of one week <laughs> you're like I, well, do I certainly
0: felt that way you know when I was researching Neil Armstrong's biography Neil was a avid golfer and he belonged to a club in suburban Cincinnati and sometimes in the middle of a of a day's interview and he would look out the window and say Jim let's go walk nine holes so we I played golf with Neil Armstrong several 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 times and had some really you know, like you said, spiritual experiences as a result of it. I know we got to let you go because you're a very, very busy man. You've got, but I do want to tell you that we really look forward to playing uh, golf on American dunes next month um, myself and the fellow golf week Raiders. Uh, any chance that you will be there to talk to us and show off your five iron and wedge game or, yeah, or maybe so a flyover over awesome. in an F 16 or T 38. I mean, what can you do for us?
1: We'll have something special planned to uh, to welcome you guys. So uh, cannot wait for uh, for you to see this place. And you know, as we kind of close it down here, the only way in and out of at American Dunes is through the Folds of Honor Memorial. And you will literally walk in the boot prints of soldiers who have been killed in action and their stories and their family stories who are Folds of Honor recipients will will flank the walls and and the first quote that quote that you see as you pull up to the memorials from Jack and it is, I I love the game of golf, but I love my country even more. And that is, uh, that's what this place is about. There, there's a reverence. And you know, when you turn, turn and make your way out of the memorial into the clubhouse, I, I liken it to the fact that when you go into a church, no one has to tell you to lower your voice. Um, and I hope that you guys will, will feel the reverence that we've worked so hard over the last three years to, to communicate, um, with, with people and, uh, that you'll enjoy your, your most heroic round, um, up there at this, you know, newly opened American dunes. And, uh, I talked to the guys yesterday. I think we've got almost 14,000 tea times on the books for the year. Wow already uh cannot get a tea time in june before four o'clock and there are there are people making the pilgrimage from everywhere all over the country to come and play at a golf course that represents who they are and um i uh, i can't wait to host you and and the golf week uh, raiders team
0: Well, I want to uh, thank you. Can't thank you enough, actually, Lieutenant Colonel Dan Rooney, but we really look forward to to seeing you. And thank you so much for taking the time out of your very busy schedule to talk to, to talk, talk to us here on the golf week podcast.
1: Yeah. What a, what a blessing. And uh, I'm going to have to pick up your uh, Neil Armstrong book. I'm a huge Neil Armstrong fan. So I will go out. I will bring one
0: with me to Southwest Michigan and I'll, uh, it'd be my honor to sign one to ah. one of another another one of my American heroes.
1: All right. I'll swap you a fly into the wind copy for yeah, uh, a Neil Armstrong copy. That's
0: a deal. That's a deal. Thank you very
1: much. Awesome.